All right. Are you ready to go? I think so. And I couldn't tell you how many times I hit rock bottom, to be honest, but this was the worst of all of them because, you know, I had a small child, I had a baby and there was me all alone in an apartment with no family support around and not really many great friendships. And I was just like, well, shit, this guy needs me and I can't keep doing this to myself. I'm Tracy Alexander and welcome home. Home of Sapiens is a place we come to feel better about the world. It's a place to talk about real life in a way that gives us hope that we can move in the right direction. Today's episode is about triumph over addiction and transcending the near life-threatening realities of living with mental illness. It's about how through biohacking, we can reset our whole nervous system so that our lived reality can be completely transformed by reworking our inner engineering. I'm probably a little bit of a sicko now, but as soon as I feel something that triggers me or you know makes me feel a little bit uncomfortable, I'm like, oh, well, that is a choice. I can choose to continue to allow that pattern or that feeling to rule my life, or I can choose to change it. That was Chelsea Mazzini. Chels runs the Energy Exchange on the Northern Beaches in Sydney, Australia. And from corrective exercise to dance and freedom movement, Himalayan breathwork, yoga and Tai Chi, ice baths and Reiki, Chels is on a mission to show others how they can liberate themselves from the shackles that trauma can leave inside the body or just find ways to enliven their lives and connect more authentically and joyfully with themselves. I do a lot of these divine feminine practices and it's all about, you know, sitting there and massaging my skin and telling my body, I love you, I love you so much. And, you know, at the start, maybe I was just faking it until I'm making it. But now I'm like, yeah, these arms, they lift so many heavy things. They do all these incredible things and, you know, just really slow down and really connect with her and just what, what an incredible body this is. You can hear from Chelsea's energy that she is burning bursting with enthusiasm for life, but it wasn't always this way. For the first 30 years of my life, I was very depressed, very anxious. I had been diagnosed with, um, you know, bipolar, ADHD, ADD, um, depression, anxiety, and I was suicidal. Like most days I'd wake up wishing that I hadn't. Um, and so, you know, through all of these beautiful tools that I have learned, I've been able to heal myself through that and then to be able to help other people to heal as well. So in this chat, we'll learn all about how we can go from hating our body, hating our personality, feeling like we have no reason to live, to becoming a beacon of light, love and strength for others, while also being able to get high on your own supply. And by that, I mean your breath, which is a big part of what Chelsea works with, and the love that is inside of you that's just buried underneath piles and piles of junk. Chelsea gives us the what's, the why's and the how-to's and makes it simple and accessible to start today. Before we dive in, let's set our intention. Series one of Home of Sapiens is about resilience. We're looking for ways to find more peace, joy and courage, no matter what chaos and terror we face or see around us. So let's breathe in and breathe out move out of fear and into our hearts. 
This is Home of Sapiens. Chels, I'm so glad we have finally managed to connect because there was a little bit of a, a hiccup in trying to connect because you even as recently as this month have been doing a lot of healing and you were off grid going really deep into some past traumas in your life to continue to upgrade. And that's why I want to talk to people like you who just go in and in and in again to find more layers of freedom and clarity and really personify resilience. So I'm so pumped for this conversation. Um, I know you said, we'll, we'll just keep it light, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to, but we'll try. <laughs> Which it will not be. So just a little bit of a, just a trigger warning for anybody who might be listening to this, that this conversation will broach some some really kind of hard topics like sexual abuse and mental health and suicide. Um, so if this is a topic that of these are topics that you find will be too challenging to listen to or anyone around you, just take note of that now. Um, so Chelsea, you have really used your journey of healing to now help others love themselves and find freedom and clarity in their lives through breath work and ice baths and biohacking. So first of all, talk us through just to begin with what you're helping people heal and how these modalities help with that. Yeah. Um, look, I couldn't even begin to list all of the different things that we're helping people that I'm personally helping people to heal, but, um, you know, uh, a strong focus of mine is obviously working with people with mental health issues, as that was something that I have experienced um, for a large chunk of my life. Say, so I'd say for the first 30 years of my life, I was very depressed, very anxious. I had been diagnosed with, um, you know, bipolar, ADHD, ADD, um, depression, anxiety, and I was suicidal. Like most days, I'd wake up wishing that I hadn't. Um, and so, you know, through all of these beautiful tools that I have learned, I've been able to heal myself through that and then to be able to help other people to heal as well. So mental health is a big one for me. Um, drug and alcohol addiction, another massive one for me. Is that something that I personally experience, you know, all sort of stemming from this root childhood trauma. Um, I have, um, I am currently helping a lot of people who are in stage four cancer, um, just helping to sort of get to the root of what is actually causing that, that, that cancer, or also just helping them to really love themselves and to come back home and to feel loved and connected through this process. So that doesn't have to be such a horrible process, you know, being in hospitals, being, you know, um, the body changing and breaking down and just how we can send more love back to them, more love back to their body and if not to heal it just make the experience a lot nicer and kinder and, and, and more beautiful and loving for them. Oh, Chels thank you so much for that amazing work that you're doing and I want to know how it works. Talk us through how things like ice baths and breath work using the breath can help to heal trauma, mental health, addiction, cancer. Absolutely. Um, so for me, breathwork has been one of the most powerful tools of change. Um, so our bodies actually store stories, our bodies store trauma, our bodies store everything inside of them. 
So whatever is going on for you is generally stored in your body. So I find that breath work is super powerful. So I like to think of it like this. It's like you've got a house and you, and you do your breath work. So it's like coming into the house. It's like ripping all of the furniture out, spring cleaning every single aspect inside that house and then rearranging the furniture. So, you know, you're working at de-stressing the nervous system. You're working at healing the body on a cellular level. You're working at bringing up trauma that is stored in the body so that it can be felt, it can be seen, and then it can leave. Mm -hmm. And how, what do you say to people who might be afraid to go into these places? What's the experience like? Look, I think that when you have had enough of suffering when you have had enough of being stuck in these loops you just want to make a change you just want to step forward you don't want to keep sitting in this sticky icky feelings like I'm probably a little bit of a sicko now but as soon as I feel something that triggers me or you know makes me feel a little bit uncomfortable I'm like oh well that is a choice I can choose to continue to allow that pattern or that feeling to rule my life or I can choose to change it And so anytime I get that feeling, I'm like, oh yeah, bring it on. And sometimes it's fucking painful and sometimes it really hurts and it really sucks, but there is nothing better than healing that pattern, that feeling, that trauma so that you can be completely liberated on the other side. Chelsea, I couldn't agree more. And I always talk about the fact that once you've done your first climb out from rock bottom, there really is no looking back. And so you and I have really become kind of like healing junkies, right? As you say, you know, if we see a block, we're like, all right, we're going in, but we're not afraid of the pain anymore. We're not afraid of feeling those feelings because we've come to identify that they are just feelings and how to be with them. So the good news is that it does get easier. It is always the first step that's the hardest. And I think what you you and I are really trying to help people do is unfortunately it often does take hitting rock bottom to start the climb but to just actually get on the front foot it you really like don't need to be down and out to go in and use these tools they will liberate you no matter what so I want to know your story about how it became completely unsustainable for you that you said, I just, I don't even see that I have a choice anymore. I have to heal this. What was going on for you? Oh, look, I think I probably tried everything under the sun. Um, Western wise, like, you know, my whole life I've always been like, what's wrong with me? What's going on? Like always been really anxious, sort of really scared in group situations. I've never been able to sleep at night. I was having night terrors all the time. Um, you know, like could never feel love, never felt love, was always seeking love, like feeling really anxious around love, Um, always felt that I didn't fit in in the world, could just never really work anything out. Um, You know, and as that progressed into older years, it turned into sort of drug and alcohol addiction, you know, so then, you know, if I'd get, if I'd drink, I'd be blind drunk and then I'd feel safe to go out and be seen and to be heard or use alcohol and other drugs to help me sleep at night or, yeah, just to, just to, to function, I guess. Um, And then from there, I felt pregnant, you know, I, I, I saw how toxic the cycles were and I sort of moved away from that. Um, But then I was really struggling because I was still left with my own thoughts. Um, So that then I guess turned into other forms of addiction and abuse, which was like eating too much, 
um, you know, training too much or not training enough or just any sort of forms of escapism or self-punishment. Um, and then, yeah, I was, I, I guess I was lucky enough to fall pregnant and um, my beautiful son came along and that was such a, a good story uh, of, of shifting and change because I sort of had a purpose, a, a more of a purpose to live. Um, but it came with so much struggle as well. Like I, I you know, I, I would have said that I would have had postpartum depression and I, I, I really did struggle. I really struggled to be a mom and I really struggled to, to connect to my son. Um, and it probably wasn't until I, I did separate from my son's father um, a year after being together. And then I sort of from there jumped into another relationship and broke up with him pretty soon after. And from there, I jumped into another relationship and broke up with him pretty soon after that. And then it got to one day where I was just laying on the ground, bawling my eyes out. And I think it must have been three days deep and I just couldn't move. And I just thought, I can't fucking do this anymore. Like, I can't wake up anymore feeling like this something's got to change and I looked around and I looked around and I looked around and I was like I am the common denominator in all of this I am the one creating all of this in my life so what I need to do is I need to change I don't need to find a new partner who's going to love me I don't need to have a new fucking car or move house again because I've done all that 10,000 times as well. I don't need to do the next fad diet. I don't need to lose weight. I don't need to do this. I need to change what is going on inside me. Where and do um, that, Where do you think that spark of inspiration comes from or that spark of wisdom comes from that it was like then because you know, we actually talked about your mental health journey a couple of years ago where I was hoping to try and like change the narrative around mental health, which is really happening now. It's beautiful. In fact, I saw on Apple TV, Oprah and um, Prince Harry are having these conversations about how do we come to understand mental health? And, you yeah. know, we talked then about the fact that, you know, all through high school, you were self-harming, you were suicidal. Were there suicide attempts? I can't quite remember if you said that there were. Yeah, yeah, not, not, yeah more just like um self self-harm and right you know, over on you know yeah, yeah right yeah. so there were many opportunities one would say to go wait a second I'm the common denominator what do you think yeah. it was that it it fell at that point in your life that you went wait a second I've got to change the inside it's really it's really hard to hard to know I guess like this was just And where did you start? So I started by um, actually just waking up at sunrise every day and going to watch the sunrise and going for a swim in the ocean. And um, that was non-negotiable. Had to be done every day. Didn't matter if it was raining, you know, it was the middle of winter, all of it. It had to be done. It was my commitment to myself. So it started off, yeah, with that. And then it moved into that plus um, working with Vedic meditation. Yeah. And that's and how we met. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. yeah. And it's so incredible because I think that, you know, I love talking about this style of meditation because it it speaks exactly to how you started us off, which is that the healing journey really has profound shifts when we work body mind. 
rather than mind body, because when we can actually change the nervous system and the way that the body is processing and eliminating those memories on a cellular level, then we can actually start to update the mind, right? What's been your experience with that? Oh, (laughs) (laughs) absolutely. I mean, if, if we're not connected to our body at all, we're just running around in the mind and the mind's fucking crazy. And it, you know, it, it's just it, 98% of your thoughts aren't real. They're just made up. So like, if you're just running around sitting in your head all day, you're going to be a fucking fruit loop. Um, so yeah, I think it's just so important to be able to, and I think that's why I found the breath work so powerful because um, a lot of the time, and I find this with my clients as well, to get someone to sit who's never sat with themselves before and get them to meditate, I can find that that can find that quite challenging because they're stuck there with their thoughts, with their mind. And I find that when we do things like breath work, when we do things like ice baths, or, you know, I love to take people hiking or free diving and things like that. It's an, it's a, it's a, what I'd like to call an active form of meditation. Now they're both two separate things and they both serve their points. So I'm a big fan of both of them. I need both of them in my life, but with breath work, people are actually doing something and it is helping them to connect to their body. Cause you might be doing, you know, navel pumps, or you might have you know some beautiful hand movements in there or something so it is starting to release all of this energy all these channels through the body as it's coming up Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so I want to know because I know you spent the past month going in to the first and the most significant trauma that you experienced in your life which was when you were a little little child can you tell us a little bit about about that and how that has played into, you know, getting you to here where you are today. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's definitely not the first time I've gone into this trauma, <laughs> but it feels like it is the last edges of it, which are the, you know, the ones that are triggering everything from there. So yeah, when I was three years old, I was sexually assaulted by a family friend and that has what has been, you know, the root of everything, all of this chaos, all of this destruction, all of this struggle in my life because my nervous system hasn't felt safe. I've never felt safe in my body. There's always been a screaming little kid in there going, ah, let me out, you know, cause the night terrors. If you're not sleeping, you're not healing. You know, so my body was constantly in a cycle of fight or flight. I didn't trust when men were around me. Um, you know, everything, everything you could possibly imagine is what it felt like to grow up as me. And it's only been sort of in the last two years that I've really started to be able to go into that and, and to start healing that and to start changing that. And so it's, it's, it's a layer process, you know? Um, And so the more you work through these layers, the more you bring them up and you heal them, we start to alleviate these attachments. We start to alleviate these addictions. So it felt like um, for me, you know, this last sort of layer, And this last layer has been, you know, my um, attachment to food and um, uh, my anxious attachment system and also my sleep. So, you know, since coming back, I have feeling a lot better. And, you know, a lot of that stuff came up in these beautiful ceremonies that I've been in for the last month. Um, And yeah, it's just been a really, really powerful, powerful. 
<laughs> so amazing, really. And I think that's also a very important piece because I speak to a lot of people about the fact that they say, oh, I've already healed that thing. And why does this keep coming up, et cetera? And it's actually not an overnight job, especially with deep, deep trauma that has, in, especially in your developmental years, completely rewired you know, the, the functioning of your brain and your cellular memory and the body actually isn't safe to go in and heal these things any earlier than the time that you feel ready to go in. And so the body goes in and heals it in stages because otherwise the body can be re-traumatized and the mind can be re-traumatized. So I think it's important for people to know that it is about just having that awareness inside of your body and having that awareness in your life in those patterns so that you can say just because I've dealt with that before with a particular therapist or with Vedic meditation or with breath work there that doesn't mean that it's over you can see that something is unsustainable in your life in the way that you're responding to the outside world in the kind of triggers in the things that you're wanting to engage with and still aren't able to engage with them in the way that you want these are just little clues that there might be still some more work to do and to be compassionate to that and not to say well it's done it's done it's done I should just be better is really just mm -hmm. having a real look at that and saying all right well you know looking out there there are so many different ways and forms of healing and just like you I would say that Vedic meditation was you know the key to the door and then now I'd walk through that door and I was now safe enough my body was now safe the nervous system was now safe to go in and start looking into those little chambers. And I used different modalities like breath work and like, you know, I didn't necessarily use ice, ice baths as a form of healing, but um, I, I did this thing the other day. It was really incredible. It was not something that I ever thought that I would engage it with, but um, because it's quite like woo woo quote unquote, but it was like priestess priestess healing where I was like <laughs> calling yeah. on these goddesses and all of this kind of stuff. And yeah, I'm like, that's, that's yeah. Powerful. It is. Oh. It's so, it actually rewired my brain. But the amazing yeah. thing is that because I've done so much work, just like you, it didn't take me more than one session. It was like, I was able to go in and fully go in. And I felt my brain just go, just like upgrade. Mm. Like it was like primed for it. So that's the encouraging part. Every time you do it, it gets easier. It gets faster. And then you get to the core and then your life opens up. Yeah. And you also get to a point like, you know, for me at the start of, well, not at the start of my journey, but there was when COVID hit, I just was like, all right, this is it. The world shut down. I have got eight to 12 hours a day where I am just going to commit. I'm going to commit. I'm going to commit. So I just went to town and did like, you know, eight to 12 hours a day of breath work, meditation every single day and just let everything come up. And, you know, and then from there, I was getting up at four every morning and doing like a two hour practice. Um, you know, when I stopped doing the eight hours a day and then it was like a solid hour and it's like this and this and this, and it gets to a point now where it's like hey I don't have to be that rigid I don't have to be that structured I don't have to work so hard for this like I can wake up in the morning and I still love to have a morning practice and mine mine's a lot of altar work now because I love you know working at the altar working with different energies um, but I don't have to be so strict on you know my healing progress for today and today and today I can wake up and you know have an experience and go oh I feel this or I know what tool I need, or I can just sit with it. Or, you know, and you just get to a point where you just really understand what you need in each and every moment. And it's not, you know, it's not such hard work. It's like actually a really enjoyable process.
Completely. And it's not also about fixing these feelings all the time. You're allowed to have feelings. You're allowed to feel sad. You're allowed to feel scared. You're allowed to feel hopeless. You're allowed to, and you're allowed to just give them their moment. And um, I think that is the result of doing the work over the years is that you have this, the, the cellular memory actually exists with this expanded consciousness. So it's just mm -hmm. a matter of in your day, having whatever it is that comes up in the outside world or the inside world, a very brief noticing and then a falling back into the deeper, higher knowing. And it happens really fast and spontaneously. Totally. And it all, a lot of it comes down to as well as just self-acceptance. Because mm -hmm. as soon as we really accept and love ourselves just the way we are, you'll notice so many things just trickle away. They no longer have power over you because what we resist persists. So the more you think about it and you really force it, the more you're holding on and it's just going to stay there. But the more you can just accept that part of yourself and love that part of yourself, you'll notice that it will naturally just start to drop away. Yep. I'm nodding and nodding. And it leads us perfectly into this Instagram post that I wanted to read out that you shared the other day um, called body love about loving your body, because this is a huge part of self-love that many, many people, many women struggle with, but just people in general, and it can determine how they feel about life in general. And this isn't only about you know, at least when I look at it about the way your body looks, because looking at your journey, body love came to the way that you were abusing your body with alcohol and with drugs and with toxic thoughts and relationships, all of this goes into your body. But I'm just going to read out this beautiful post. <laughs> you wrote body love. Wow. We did it. We didn't starve ourselves. We didn't overtrain. We didn't hit, hit the next fad diet. We finally fell in love, unconditional love. What a journey. I never expected to get here. I always thought it was going to be an uphill battle of overtraining, calorie restriction, starving myself, and complete mindfuck bullying every day. I would judge my day, the whole trajectory of my week, all on how I thought my body looked. I would punish myself for not looking like the girls on social media. But here we are, finally unconditionally in love. Bumps, jelly bits, fun bits, joyous, joyous bits, curly bits, and everything in between. I've reached a point in my journey where I can love my body unconditionally while still wanting to heal and grow. I still have issues with emotional eating and I love eating a good burger or pizza a little too often, but I've come to a point of self-acceptance and how it looks and feels right now. Also having the awareness on what we can do to grow closer together. It's been a long and hard journey falling in love with my body. How fucked up is that? At what point did we decide to hate on them? I remember being eight years old, telling my mom, there's no way I'm wearing a bikini because I'm too fat. What the F? I battled with this story up until re recently, or now everything is changed. Chels, it's such a, there was so much in there, <laughs> so much in there. So I just want, I'm just going to open up the floor to you and just talk to me about when I read that post to you, what comes up. Well, I just feel all tingly and joyous and amazing and incredible. And yeah, I mean, I look, you know, if, if we're talking about weight and things like that, you know, I'm probably 15 kilos heavier than I was before I had a kid and, you know, everything's changed. My body's changed. Um, 
and yeah it can be such a struggle sometimes you know to go oh when, you know and this and that and, blah, 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 and just always you know constantly used to bully myself wake up in the morning and just look at myself in the mirror and be like oh gross oh you know and, and carry that thought into the rest of my day which means I was just making shitty decisions all day and the more we hate on ourselves and the more we feed ourselves that negative sort of energy the more negative choices that we start to make so be like, oh well I feel fat so then I just go and eat a block of chocolate or I go eat some shit food because I'm then trying to search for something to make myself feel better or just to keep you know keep cultivating that negative energy and that negative pattern I've noticed you know now like I do a lot of these divine feminine practices and that's all about you know sitting there and massaging my skin and telling my body I love you I love you so much and you know at the start maybe I was just faking it until I'm making it but now I'm like yeah these arms they lift so many heavy things they do all these incredible things and you know just really slow down and really connect with her and just what what an incredible body this is you know we do so many awesome things together and you know it's carried me through so many crazy horrible things as well and it's been the only thing that has stuck with me this whole time and just gone yeah I got you I'm supporting you I'm here for you I'm here for you so yeah it's just it's just incredible it's such an incredible experience to really be able to love the skin that you're in that's so beautiful Charles how did you learn to talk to your body like that how did you then start also cultivating this real intentional relationship with your body yeah again I think it it's just been a journey but like you know taking away a lot of that self-judgment that again comes from like looking at the way that other people can move their body and be like I can't do that I'm not good enough or like you know um not ever feeling skinny enough or anything like that. Um, yeah, I think it's just from doing, again, a lot of like deep, deep level inner work. I mean, that's where everything comes from. I mean, that's where my self-love comes from. That's where my whole business comes from. The more we can heal whatever is going on inside of us, that is how we're going to see the world our inner world is a direct reflection of our outer world. So if I've ever got a problem with anything, I'm going in. If my business is hitting rocky ground and the abundance isn't flowing, I'm not going to go out there and start marketing more and start, you know, forcing more. I'm going to go in and I'm going to heal whatever it is that's going on inside me that's going to be creating this block. And I mean, I that's just the solution to everything. I yeah, I'm, it absolutely is. I'm exactly yeah. the same way. I'm just sitting here thinking about perhaps a listener going, well, how do I know how to do that? When you say go in, how do I know how to do that? If I'm talking about wanting to cultivate abundance or if I'm wanting to improve the relationship with my body, how do I learn a language to talk to my body so that I have that recognition of, you know, how to cultivate not only a divine feminine relationship, and language with life but then going do I wake up in the morning and just say to my body I love you body when do I do that how do I do that that's kind of the question yeah so um, I would just commit to a daily practice that's how everything has always worked out for me and that's just committing to showing up for yourself daily 
So it can be any sort of tool. You could start, you know, with Vedic meditation. It could be a breathwork sequence, um, you know, for divine feminine practices. My most favorite one is like just waking up in the morning, lighting a candle, just having a moment with that candle with yourself before you let any of the other of the world in. No checking phones, no talking to family members. Just give yourself two minutes five minutes, whatever it is, just to be with yourself. Then you can go down, you can have a shower, cold shower preferably. <laughs> and as you, you know, wash your body, just start sending your body love, like, hey, I love you. You know, you're doing a great job. Talk to your body like you would talk to your kids. Talk to your body like you would talk to your lover. Talk to your body like it is the most divine loving thing in the whole entire world. And then when you get out of the shower, go get your favorite oil and use your favorite oil and use it every day. I'm, I, I hate the idea of saving, oh, that's for special occasions. Every day is a fucking special occasion. Treat yourself like a goddamn queen every single day. Use the good oil. Use the good essential oil. Get more rose in your life. It's one of the highest frequency flowers and the healing power is so potent. So just, and you know, just dress in a way that makes you feel sexy. Dress in a way that makes you feel good. You know, it's, it's, it's these little things that change everything. I, I noticed the other day I was in a bit of a head funk and I was walking around. I had my trackies on and my jumper on. I was like, you know, and then I was like, I've, I've got an idea. So I just went up, took the trackies and then jumped off and I put a dress on and I swear instantly I just went, whoa, I feel so much better now. And I'm not saying you have to change that. I'm not saying you have to shift your mood, but like just little things like this can really, can really make a difference. Like yeah. Make it your favorite cup of tea. And instead of just glugging it down while you're doing 10 other things, just go sit down with that cup of tea and just really enjoy it. Mm -hmm. And it's so amazing to say that, Chelsea, because I think, you know, one of people's biggest excuse is that I don't have the time. And what you're saying then, and you gave so many different ways that it's like on the way, do this on the way. When you're getting dressed, make a different choice. When you're drinking your water, drink it in a different way. When you're showering, do this other thing. And I think that you're definitely in a position to be able to say that because, you know, a lot of the people that also feel they don't have time are mothers and then single mothers, especially, and you are a single mother. Um, so, what would you say, especially to people that might find that, you know, their, um, you know, daily responsibilities they feel might be getting in the way of them being able to cultivate helpful practices? Yeah, I just think that we make time for what we prioritise. And if you want to continue in, in, in a cycle or in suffering, then continue. But if you really want to make change, all it takes is like 10 minutes. Wake up 10 minutes earlier sit beside your bed looking at a candle and just focus on your breath. And I guarantee after 40 days of just doing that simple, simple practice, you are going to notice massive change in your life. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it could be as simple as just not checking your phone in the morning and waiting till 9am. If you didn't do that, that would also create a massive change in your life. If, especially for women, if you were to not have a coffee on an empty stomach, that would be a massive change in your life because it's too 
too intense on the endocrine system. Like it was just these tiny, tiny little things. And, you know, some of them take 10 minutes, some of them take two minutes. But if you can commit to that small change every single day, you're going to see a massive change. And then that's going to make you want to put more time into this. 100%. I mean, I started with a swim and now, and then it extended to a, you know, a four hour practice every day. And now it's condensed back down to say 20 minutes, sometimes a bit more, who knows, but it makes me feel so good. It makes me a better mom. It makes me a better, a better daughter. It makes me a better friend. It makes me a better business owner. It just makes everything so much better. Completely. And that's what I always say to my students is that, you know, when they come to any class or when, you know, especially parents are learning meditation, I say to them, this is the most selfless thing you could do because you show up for everybody else, the people that you think you're not allowed to take time out for because you're letting them down. You show up so much more effectively and resourced for the rest of the world. When you're walking around in fight and flight and reactive and unconscious, you're not the best version of yourself and you're not helping anybody else. You're actually causing them more pain and isolation. Uh, and then you also become a sphere of influence for people in your own life. So there are only advantages for the other people around you as much as yourself. Nobody benefits from your stress, least of all you, least of all your loved ones. And I just wanted to also add that, you know, the kind of tips that you've shared are so powerful because they're little adjustments, but it's the little ones that make the biggest, biggest changes because that's where we start because I call it the one, two, 50 syndrome where it's like, you know, you take one step, you take two steps, and then you look at the 50th step and you think, oh, it's so big. I can't get there, but it's just take the next step, step number three. That's all you need to know how to do. And when I met you, Chelsea, in Bali, before our, um, our rounding retreat, our Vedic meditation retreat, I'd come a week earlier and I was on such a high vibration in terms of my adrenal glands uh, because I'd been working in the news and, you know, was completely fried. And my guru had said to me, all I want you to do before you start now, I wanted to go in and find all the answers of the universe. And should you leave your job and trying to solve all of these problems? is he said, before you do anything, I want you to just take 30 seconds before you do it. So you come into the room. Now don't go anywhere. Just stand for 30 seconds. Then, okay, you want water? Go and get some water. So take the glass before you pour the water. Just hold the glass. Pour the water before you drink it. Just look at it. Drink it. That is, And it's so difficult, right, to be that conscious. But just what he wanted to show me was, those little, little pauses, those little, little stops start to slow the system down. And then you have more choice to go, what do I need? What do I want? Shall I put on a dress? That's right. I'll use that nice oil. Do you know, just to be able to create that dialogue to start making healthy choices. Totally. Absolutely. And um, sort of just going back to, to, to the start there as well about, you know, it, it is one of the most selfless things you can do. My son all the time will pull me up if I'm a little bit grumpy or something. He'd be like, mommy, have you meditated today? Like he will just be like, go, go, go have 20 minutes and come back. Or, you know, I'll, I'll talk to him about, oh, I really love doing this practice because it makes me feel really good. And, he, you know, he'll always say, oh, I really love it when you do that practice because it makes you less bossy. You know, so like it's like everybody around you will benefit from you being a happier and more fulfilled person. Completely. And you have become such a beacon of wisdom that um, I have got some questions from the podcast audience. I asked them 
um, what they want to ask you. I shared a little bit of your story and about self-love and about body love. So I'm just going to ask you a couple questions that have been sent to me from some listeners. So the first is, how do you learn to want to love yourself when you grow up in a world where looking after your body is not important? Mm. Well, I would just come back to, to what, what is the drive for you? Like, if you're not feeling that love within yourself, don't you want to cultivate that love? Don't you want to create that freedom for yourself? And this is the whole thing about life and about the journey and about everything. It's not about what's going on outside. It's about how you feel inside. So just because those people over there are doing whatever they're doing over there, if that doesn't feel like what is right or if that doesn't make you feel good, don't worry about it. Just worry about what's right for you. So mm -hmm. I would just say if you're not feeling love or if you're not feeling joy or happiness or bliss or feeling connected to your body, that's what you need to create the change. Mm -hmm. And it is those small things that you said before, small things that lead to bigger things that start to help you cultivate that level of trust that you can start the dialogue. How can you even know what you want and what your thoughts are and to trust yourself if you're not having those conversations with yourself, those very honest, truthful conversations? Absolutely. And I found, you know, a lot through my journey, I, I really suck at sticking to a diet. I'm really like, I'm really challenged by it. I'm really triggered by, it, you know, and, and I was like, I'm doing a detox and this and that and la la la. And I've just never, ever been able to do it or stick to it or whatever, or whatever, or whatever. And it wasn't until I went in and healed all of this other shit that was inside that now I can stick to anything, but it wasn't, you know, it's, it's, some people can be so challenged to stick to a diet. Well, I get it. So am I, because there are other things going on inside you that are triggering different stress responses that make it super challenging for you to stick to that diet. So forget the diet and just heal whatever it is inside you that's making you choose less loving choices. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And there are so many bodies. I want you to maybe talk a bit to this is that you know, there's your physical body, but then there's your emotional body. And then, you know, your spiritual mental. body, mental body, there are all these different bodies that are all talking to each other. So, you know, they, they're all in a constant state of play. So if we're talking about, say, your relationship with food, what is it that triggers the need to consume something at that moment? And then what is the conversation that ensues after that? as you go to consume it or after you have, or, or if you have um, restricted yourself from consuming it, you know, there is so much going on to explore in there. And there are so many different ways in to start to be able to detect what is going on. Absolutely. I mean, food for me was a reward. It was a punishment. It was, you know, um, it, it's something I did to socialize. It, it was it, it was something, certain foods reminded me of childhood memories that made me feel love. So like I, I had, I've always had this crazy weird addiction to pizza and never could understand why, 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 why pizza? Like anytime I felt like unloved or unsettled, it was like pizza. And, you know, there'd be periods we'd eat pizza three times a week. And I'm like, what is going on? And it ended up being that, you know, my dad used to work away a lot. And when he came home, I would be so happy to see him. We'd always have pizza. And so it reminded me of safety and it reminded me of love. Like, 
it's crazy. It's yeah. crazy how yeah. this all intertwined and all connected. And the only way we can get to the root of some of these really bizarre and really big issues uh, by going in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my mom has that same thing with tea, you know, and I'm not saying like, like non-caffeinated herbal tea with um, very acidic black tea with milk. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so this is another question and you've talked about it a bit, but it's another kind of opportunity to talk about self-talk and judgment. So, so when surrounded by a world of social media, how do you stop judging your looks or caring about other people's judgment? Yeah. So my biggest thing is I never follow anyone who just posts pictures of them looking super sexy and has no depth. (laughs) So if there's just, you know, naked chicks in bikinis and things like that, I wouldn't follow them. I'm not inspired by that. Um, So I think it's really important to only follow people who really inspire you. And that goes with all kinds of social media, like whatever you're consuming is what is going in and that's what you're starting to embody. So if you're not being inspired or if you're not being, you know, feeling more love and more joyful after reading particular posts, I'd say unfollow them. Um, And... Yeah, I just think that I try and spend as little amount of time on social media as I can, to be honest. Um, One of my teachers always taught me to post and then just get off there, post and then get off there. Because I think a lot of the time, I think we're all very aware of this, that um, social media isn't really a true depiction of people's lives. And with all the filters and with all the other jazz going on right now, I have met a lot of people who certainly don't look like what they're portraying on social media. So I just tend to, to not follow people that don't inspire me. And um, I tend to try and not be on there too much. Mm. Um And in regards of people and their impressions of my body, maybe in the past that could have affected me and I could have taken that, um, you know, offensively and questioned my worth. Um, But now that I know that people only project because it's, you know, triggering their own insecurities and if I love myself unconditionally, it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. You just get so grounded in your own worth and your own truth. You could have the most important influencer in your whole entire life tell you something and you'll just brush it off because, you know, that's that's their story. That's their projection. It's actually got nothing to do with you. I love that answer. Thanks, Chels. Here's the last question that's been sent in. She wrote, I'm a large person. And I want to show the world that I'm body confident to help others learn to love their wobbles and flaws. But fear of not being perfect stops me. How do I move past that? Mm, beautiful question. Nobody's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> None of us. We've all got our flaws. Um, I would just start saying just, just to start slowly and just keep showing up for yourself. Like go out there and just, 
you know, write one post, take one photo and just see how many people are there cheering you, applauding you on, you know, at the start, it is scary, but there is nothing more powerful than stepping into fear. Because as soon as we open up those gates, then we start to evolve. So I would say just take one little baby step, maybe, you know, take a beautiful photo of you, write a beautiful caption and just start there and just start to feel that energy rise in you and just keep doing beautiful things you know take maybe you know upload photos of you doing these beautiful self-care practices show everyone why it is that you love your so body body so much and why it is that you, you know why you are so worthy of love and you know how perfect perfectly imperfect you are we all are mm-hmm, mm-hmm, totally and you know we're so hard on ourselves it's just batty yes it's just batty how mean we are to ourselves. and obviously I understand where it comes from in terms of the fact that from a social survival standpoint we want to be able to be included we want to we don't want to feel cast aside but you know what ultimately we're doing with the inability to really show up authentically as ourselves is that we're allowing other people to control us We are staying victim to everybody else deciding for us how we feel, how we get to show up. And, you know, I've seen so many people share their stories about, I remember the first time I shared a post about whatever, some positive post that they wanted to express something that they, you know, they really wanted, they didn't, weren't doing it for the validation. They really felt like, you know, there's something I want to say. And they would like delete it and then put it back up and then delete it and then put it back up because, you know, we're just so absolutely cruel and ridiculous, you know, in obviously this primal fear that's stopping us from feeling like we don't want to be cast aside. And then looking at where they are today Day and they're laughing at themselves because they did just take that one step and they had to do that wobble. They had to do the, oh, no, I'm not confident yet. Oh, and then trying again. Oh, now I'm going to leave the post up. Okay, now I'm going to post it again. And then it just starts to become second nature, like learning to walk, like learning to automate any skill. And that's the take home, which is why I wanted you to come on, you know, specifically is that change is possible. Something I always like to think of and something I always like to say and teach my clients that there cannot be creation without destruction. So when we feel like and everything's like falling to shit and it really, really fucking hurts, get excited. Get excited because you are destroying this layer of sticky shit and you are about to create something new, something amazing, something magical. I used to always think of the down as negative, like, why am I here? Why is this happening again? I shouldn't be feeling like this, you know, all of those things. And now it's like, oh, yeah, here we go. Here we go. You know, I sit in it and I'm still crying and it still hurts, but it's not like, oh, my world is over it's like my world is just about to begin again and that's Mm -hmm. really exciting totally it's an amazing transformation because you know it's also got a lot to do with letting go right Mm -hmm. destruction and creation both require a letting go and it's Mm -hmm. interesting because even for the good moments right that requires a letting go for two reasons one 
holding on to something and saying, I only want this because it's so good and I don't want to let it go is to say that nothing better is going to come in, that this is as good as it gets, right? So you're actually limiting yourself. You have to actually allow what is good to come through and live the life, live the lifespan that it lives, right? You know, I've been in a moment where I remember I was in this women's circle for two, 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 two whatever that, you know, portal. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And it was this amazing moment where it was all these women and there were drums and sound bowls and singing and connection. And oh my God, it was so amazing. And I had this moment of, oh, I need to do this more. I want more of this. And I just started to think that's so ridiculous because first of all, (laughs) you know, just allow this moment to ride out as long as it is. And that's me saying, you know, this is the best moment ever. And I want to sustain it. I want to keep it in play all the time. Right. But then what that does is a twofold thing. One, it suggests that this moment as it is, it's as good as it gets. It doesn't allow anything to even get better. And also if, you know, we have to keep that in play, that means that when there are bad times, times that you don't enjoy, you know, we get to also apply, well, thank God that can pass, right? There, that, there has to be that ability to let go. Yeah, and it's really important to not attach to the really good times because sometimes I can still be a bit guilty about it. I'm like, oh, this is so good, this is so yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. And then kind of forget that like everything has its peaks and flows and, exactly. you know, like, just be there in that and not want to try and enhance it or bottle it or keep it or prolong it like we're not trying to continuously chase something it's like just to allow this moment to be and that is enough yeah yeah it's so beautiful um so just as a final kind of take home we talked about your mental health journey um and you have been brave enough to you know, really confront it head on and now become a voice for other people to talk about vulnerability and going in and healing. My question to you is, what do you think we're getting so wrong when it comes to our mental health? Yeah, I just think, (laughs) um, honestly, I think we're all just keep chasing things outside of ourselves. You know, we're in the Western society. It's like having more, having more finances, having more fancy shit, having the best parties, having the best outfits, uh, you know, like just constantly chasing and chasing and chasing things outside of ourselves. Like there is no happiness outside, like nothing no one no simple thing is going to make you feel fulfilled the only thing that is going to do that is if you can sit comfortably with yourself that is that is it so instead of trying to seek more it's do less the moment you can sit with yourself and not need any distraction not need anything and just to be able to sit with yourself is the moment that you will know true liberation and freedom and what about when it comes to sitting with somebody who is going through something you know some significant mental health challenges what is it that we need to know in order to support people around us that you know we can't just turn around to and go just sit with yourself you know they might not be there like you weren't there once what do you say to that (laughs) Absolutely. So I, I would, I would, um, I would get a mentor or, or support. I'd get someone on your team. 
for sure. And like, I still work with mentors. I work with a mentor at least once a week. Sometimes, I, you know, I've got probably three mentors on the go. I love mentors. Um, so I, I would work with someone, always work with someone, work with someone who's potentially walked a similar journey to you, somebody who inspires you, somebody who sees you. Find something, somebody who resonates with you. It could be, you know, it could be meditation. It could be breath work. It could be, you know, sacred feminine work. It could be, oh, it could be anything. You've got to find whatever tool works for you, but stick with it. Commit to yourself, commit to a daily practice. And um, when, when you're speaking with family members or friends or things like that, Tell them you don't need advice. Tell them you just need them to hold space. So just to sit there and listen, to hold you, to hug you, to love you, but to not provide advice. A lot of the time we just need to be held. We just need to be heard. We just need to feel supported. And then get your advice and get your tools and things like that off a mentor or someone that's really aspirational. Beautiful, Charles. Thank you so, so much. And thank you for, you know, also showing different routes for people because, you know, a lot of you talked about a lot of different modalities. There are different tools for different times and different bodies. And what you said multiple times, which is so important, is consistency. Because, you know, even when people come and learn meditation with me, I always say before you sign up for this course, I need you to know that you will not heal yourself through this course. Only after the course finishes does the journey begin and you need to show up for yourself every single day for months and then you will start, of course, you'll start to see changes in the beginning, but that real sustainable change where you start to really become independent and get in the driver's seat of your experience that comes after months and there's no getting around it. There is no getting around it every quick fix disappears as quickly as you got it you know I so trust me i know <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly that don't work <laughs> Charles, thank you so much for sharing all of that insight and that wisdom and just to reflect back to you just in two years i think it was two years ago that i sat down with you and talked about your mental health journey i know you were doing some studying and some you know getting some more qualifications um and having just watched your journey from afar and speaking to you today, you are radiant. You are a completely different person. And that just goes to show this is the evidence sitting right here. So thank you for being you. My pleasure. Thank you. It's always so awesome to talk to you. So thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Love you. Love you. <laughs> okay. All right, if you want to find the magnificent Chels, you can try her on Instagram at the Energy Exchange. So Energy is E-N-E-R-C-H-I Exchange or on her website, which is www.the-e-e, -E, so it's the with three e's, .com.au. And if you like this episode or know of anyone who can benefit from this knowledge, please like it, please share it, and please subscribe so that you don't miss out on all the other tools and insights that are delivered in this weekly podcast. And if you want to learn how to meditate deeply with me and actually rewire your nervous system so that you're not tired and pushing against life, this is the style of meditation that Chelsea and I both learned and was the gateway to all of our healing, um, then you can get in touch with 
me by following me on Instagram at Tracy Alexander underscore underscore or visit tracyalexander.co and you can also subscribe to my mailing list so that you can be the first to hear about special offers and new workshops. I will only be teaching for the next six weeks until I go uh, to Bali for a more intensive training for 10 weeks. So if you're looking to do that now is the time. All right, don't forget that you are amazing. Give yourself a big hug from me. I've got you, but most of all, you've got you. And let's keep changing the world one heart-led soul at a time.